World's on fire. Our culture is disintegrating. Pass the salt. It's time. It's time. Hey, you, pass the salt. You know what, why it's disintegrating? Because we're jellyfish. Hey, pass the salt, will you? Pass the salt. Pass the salt, amigo. It is time. It's time. I think they could give us a new name. I believe we are Evan Jellyfish. Hey, we have passed the salt. Pass the salt. We need salt over here. It's time for Pass the Salt. Pass but we like to share the gospel without any backbone to it, see? The views, opinions, and seemingly outrageous comments expressed in this program are based on the Holy Spirit leading of a man called Coach. I gotta ask you this out there, Christian America. It's time for Pass the Salt with a Coach, Dave Daubenmeyer. Been stirred in my spirit this morning. Couldn't wait to get down here this morning. Uh... Bible tells us that um, <clears throat> my people are destroyed for lack of knowledge, and I know this that when I was when I was coaching football, well, I coached a lot of sports. When I was, whenever I was coaching, I was always worried about when uh, when we were playing somebody that wasn't very good, somebody that was kind of, you know, we were we were seven and zero, and they were they were two and five, and hell, we'll, we'll beat these guys. We'll just we'll just roll our helmets out there on the field, and we'll beat these guys. Those are the games I was always worried about because uh, kids read the newspapers too. They went home, they listened to their parents talk about how good they were and all that kind of stuff. So the worst thing that you can ever do, one of the worst things you can ever do in any type of competition, any kind, I don't care what it is, is to underestimate your opponent. So we're, I'm just telling you, one of the worst mistakes that we could ever make. And uh, the Bible tells us that we are not to be ignorant of Satan's devices. Yet we are. For the most part, we're really, really ignorant of his devices. And for whatever reason, American Christianity is not the same as the Christianity of 1776. It's just not the same. It's not the same as the Puritans, uh, the, the pilgrims. You do know this, don't you, that the pilgrims and the Puritans, they left England because they didn't want the king being the head of the church. They called it the Church of England. You do remember that, don't you, friends? They called it the Church of England. The Puritans and the, and the pilgrims and said, uh, we, can't, we can't live like this anymore. So they did what the scriptures did. They, they risked their lives, their, their fortune. Well, it's not the scripture, but their lives, their fortune, and their sacred honor. And what they do is say, we're out, we're out of here. We can't live like this anymore. They risk everything. Risk everything. And I was thinking as I got up this morning, Nobody knows what this day right here holds. None of us do. Could be tragedy for some of us. Could have been some very, very exciting news. There are many things that are going to happen to many people on this day. Some of you are going to get life-changing news. Some of you are going to, here's, you, know, you know that. You guys understand that I get it. And you get it. But somewhere along the line, uh, we have lost the meaning of Christianity. That's, all, that's what I want to talk to you about today. That's what I want us to talk about today. And uh, the reality of it is we, don't, we, have, we know that there's a spiritual war. We know that we wrestle not against flesh and blood. A lot, a lot of, well, be careful what you say, Coach, because most Christians don't know that scripture. But any, any Christians even halfway awake understands that there's a spiritual war that's going on around us. But I, I want you to stop and think about that a minute because the Holy Spirit just, just kind of prompted me right there. What, what do you think uh, the percentage of 
American Christians. What would be the percentage of American Christians who have any concept really of a spiritual war? I'm talking about church-going Christians. Really have an understanding of, of the, as the Bible says, uh, the spiritual darkness that's around us. And when they talk about, <clears throat> excuse me, spiritual warfare and the <clears throat> weapons of our warfare not being carnal but mighty through God to the pulling down of strongholds. What, what percentage do you think of Christians who walk into a church every Sunday have any understanding of that? Anybody want to make a stab at that? You don't have to raise your hand. Just make a stab. 5%, 10%, half? 5%. Somebody else? It's a 3%. Just think, just think about the Christians that you hang around. The people that you come in contact and you speak to them with. Do they get it? And how often do you run into a Christian that you start the conversation and the light bulb goes off in their head and the light bulb goes on in your head and you say, ah, I found one. They get it. They get, right? In Christian circles, I'm talking about, folks. I think it's less than 5%. It's, it, it isn't very many, is it? It certainly isn't. It'd be, you know, it'd be impossible, really, for us to put a number on it. But, uh, folks, that's the most important thing that we ought to know. We know so very little about it. I'm going to, that, that's why I'm going to try to take us here today, if you, you wanted to jump in the wagon and go for a ride with me. I want to discuss that kind of stuff. How... How is, remember uh, when uh, you go back through history, the original church was the Catholic church. And I always thought Catholic meant Catholic. So I've understood that Catholic meant universal. So the Catholic church thought they were the universal church, the church, God's church all over the world. They were the universal church. Now they were able to be the universal church because why? There was very, very, very little communication. Heck, most people couldn't even write, couldn't read the Bible, wouldn't, didn't even have a Bible to be able to read. That's what Martin Luther, that's what his whole debate was about when he tacked those 88, those theses on the, the walls of uh, Wittenberg. He said, listen, dudes, he was saying to the world, dudes, read what the Bible says. These guys are telling us this, but here's what the Bible says. And people for the first time began to Read the Bible. Say, well, that's not what they've been telling us. And a great reformation came about. And they called it the protestant. Isn't that amazing? They're calling us protesters today, right? As if protesting was wrong. Hey, Jonathan, I see how quick you are on your feet. Pull up protest. Go to, go to Webster's 1828 Dictionary and pull up protest. What's it say? To affirm with solemnity, to make a solemn declaration of a fact or opinion. As I protest to you, I have no knowledge of that transaction. To make a formal declaration in writing against a public law or nuisance. Fiercely they opposed. Protest. Keep going down a little bit more, Jonathan. To prove, to show, to give evidence. Protest. Protest. A solemn declaration of opinion, commonly against some act. Appropriately, a formal, solemn declaration in writing of a dissent. So protesting is, 
It's American, folks. It's what we're supposed to do when we see something that is out of line. We are to protest. But see, that's why we uh, people call us off when we go to the streets. They said they call us protesters as if that's something bad. I said, no, no, no. We're not protesters. We're proclaimers. What does it mean to proclaim, John? Proclaim. Proclaim. I'm a proclaimer. I'm not a protester. To proclaim. To promulgate, to announce, and to publish. To proclaim a fast. To denounce, to give official notice, to declare with honor, as to proclaim the name of the Lord. That's what I do. I proclaim. I don't protest. Although there's nothing wrong with protesting. But see that words mean things. To utterly open, to utter openly, to make public, to proclaim the good news of the gospel of Jesus. To proclaim that Joe Biden is destroying America. To proclaim, to proclaim that Jesus Christ is the only way. To proclaim. And it appears to be protesting. Protesting isn't a bad thing, folks. If you don't protest, you have to eat whatever they put down on the table, right? Under duress. I sign that under duress. So the average Christian doesn't understand, has no knowledge of how this faith that we have and the ability to proclaim and to protest is essential to the advancement of the kingdom of God. The kingdom of God will not advance Without proclamation, ooh, I think, I don't know where that is. Brother, that's in the scripture. <laughs> that's in the scripture. The kingdom of God will not, it goes back to what we were talking about last week when I said the elected officials are conservatives rather than Christians. And to proclaim who you are and what you represent. But see, here's where I'm heading today. And I've been saying this for, oh, I've been saying it for a long time that the attack in America is on Christianity. And the average person sitting in the church does not understand that the assault that we see throughout the government, through everything going on, is nothing more than the seed of the serpent attacking the seed of the woman. That is all it is. King of the hill. In every aspect of our lives, it is about building and advancing a kingdom. And the kingdom cannot come if it's not first proclaimed. The kingdom must be proclaimed. The kingdom is here. Christ proclaimed the kingdom. It's here. He said it's not without observation. The kingdom of God is within. It's here. It's here. And so since we have a kingdom of God, then the kingdom of darkness is assaulting the kingdom of God. And we don't, we don't get it. Because for whatever reason, somewhere along the line, we personalized the gospel. We'll say, Coach, we're, we're supposed to personalize the gospel. Well, of course we're supposed to personalize the gospel. Of course we are. But it's not about you. The gospel is not about you. The gospel is about what Christ can do through you to the advancement of his kingdom. Christ didn't die on the cross to give you and me a nice, cushy life. Amen. 
I don't know if you guys saw this or not. I was going to pull it up today. I got away from it. Did you know that Benny Hinn publicly renounced the prosperity gospel? Did you guys know that? That Benny Hinn came out last week and publicly renounced all that he had taught in regards to the prosperity gospel. That he got down the wrong path. And that the gospel was about sacrifice, giving, and expanding a kingdom of God. Now, I want you to think about this real quickly. Well, you don't have to think real quickly. I have stream of consciousness going on right now. Think about how many pastors you know. Say, Coach, you're always bashing pastors. I don't know. They're the head of the church, friends. They're the head of the church. Think about how many pastors you know in your local area who are bold proclaimers of the gospel outside the church. Can anybody name any in their community who's a bold proclaimer of the gospel outside the church? I don't, I don't, this isn't a pat on the back, although you can take it with one. Take it as one if you want to. I sense when I go into public places, People know who I am. Not always. I don't. I mean, I'm not Rush Limbaugh or something. But sometimes I wear my hat a lot, so people know who I am. Somebody came out the other day and said, oh, "Aren't you Coach Dave?" Yeah. So, so I have some type of a public presence, right? <clears throat> and you know what I know? I scare Christian people. I I scare them. They don't even know me. They don't even know me. They've heard about me. Maybe they've listened to the show, but I scare them because. I would say, patting myself on the back, I'm a bold proclaimer of the gospel of the kingdom. Amen. And I'm hated for it, folks. I'm hated for it in Christian circles because the strong, firm proclamation of the gospel of the kingdom of God is not what Christianity is about today. So Jeff Klein told us, he went up on the the, the, uh, square in Mount Vernon there was a protest there, and Jeff and those guys showed up and proclaimed the gospel, proclaimed the, the lives of those little unborn children, and they hated you, right, Jeff? They hated you. They hated you. Even the Christians hated you. Hey, Coach. Yeah. 400 people clapped when they said they were going to fire you from that radio station. Remember? <laughs> Christians yeah, yeah, yeah. So, 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 folks, I, I, I'm, this is not. If you, if you are receiving this as uh, self congratulation, it's not. I'm, t- I'm trying to go somewhere with this today. It's not what it's about. Okay, this is not what this is about. I've been saying behind this uh, behind this microphone for over six years. This war is on the Christian. It's a war on the Christian. It's a war on Christianity. In fact. In fact, you better hear me. This makes people nervous. It's war on white Christianity. Because, see, they've, they've somehow, think about this now. When's the last time you heard a black Christian man attacked for his Christian beliefs? It just doesn't happen. Because Satan's job is to divide and conquer. So they want black Christians to be part of the Democrat Party and feel okay because that they have a good Christianity. They have a good Christianity. It's those white Nazis, right? They use, they're starting to use that word now, right? It's those white Nazis. Do you think of a black man when you think of a Nazi? 
You think of a black man? Folks, words have meaning. They use words for specific meanings. Some of you are a little bit, cri- little bit uncomfortable right now because you're so full-fledged flushed in, in this freaking racism. I mean, I, I'm sorry. If you hear me mention something about a black man and you think racism, I don't know why. I can't even help you. I can't even help you. So the power of the black church and the white church coming together, boy, they don't want that. They would, why do you think they hate Candace, what's her name, Owens? Why do they hate her so much? Why do they hate Clarence Thomas so much? Because he is a black man promoting the white man's religion. Anybody get it for me? Anybody see that for me? And we, won't, we don't talk like that. And because we don't talk like that, we don't understand the battle. We don't understand the battle. So I'm going to give Myra a couple minutes to pray us in here. Then I'm going to, uh, I, got, I got some stuff today. Because I I if, if, if this doesn't get embedded in your heart, folks, if this does not, if you cannot understand the nature of this spiritual war, are you looking at me? They hate Christ. They hate Christ. And you know what the Bible teaches? Christ in you, the hope of glory. They hate Christ. They hate you. That's why they're after your children. Seed of the serpent, seed of the woman. That's why those God-hating Luciferians, they want to steal and, and impact and influence your children. Why? They're after the seed. Devil doesn't care if he got a bunch of money. I mean, he'd like to take it from him. He doesn't care about that. It didn't, it didn't matter to him in the overall scheme of things that you have that you're a Christian that's got money. He doesn't care about that. Oh, he might care about it if you were using that money to do good things with it. And that's why they got the IRS put checking over your shoulder. Uh, devil can, devil owns the IRS, right? The IRS looking over your shoulder, making sure that you're not spending that money uh, illegally for good things. Somebody say amen because I'm all yeah, I'm all over it. Again. Amen. Right, right. Amen. Most of, you, most of us intimidated by the IRS and got to keep records of who you gave your money to and what it meant for, and you just can't. You mean you mean I uh, uh, you mean I can't just write somebody a check and not have to record it? Let the government I did it. What what's that all about? It's about power and it's about control. And where the spirit of the Lord is, there is liberty. So if the Lord isn't in government, there isn't any liberty there. Well, I'm I'm running around I'm like that horse. I'm coming around the back stretch. <laughs> so hang on up with me. We'll let Myra Myra say a prayer here, and then I'm going to sh- I'm going to show you some stuff. I'm going to, Good I'm morning, show you ev- I'm going to show you evidence today. Go ahead, Myra. Good morning, yes. Myra. Yes, Coach. I will be pleased and very happy to. Good morning, Huddle. Uh, Matthew 28, 19, 20. Go ye therefore and teach all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Ghost, teaching them to observe all things whatsoever I have commanded you. And lo, I am with you always, even unto the end of the world. Amen. Holy Amen, Myra. Spirit, that's yes. enough. Pray, pray it in, Myra. That's all we need to hear today. Go. Okay. Pray us in. Holy Spirit, you're welcome to coach Dave Haddle and open our hearts to you. I repent of all our sins, all my sins, and I will walk by Jesus, by whatever he says. Amen. Amen. So, Myra, read that scripture again, because they used to teach me in school. I don't know if they still do this or not. One thing I loved about my Catholic faith 
is it taught me the fear of the Lord. I've carried it with me my entire life. I was I never knew the Lord, and when I was a I never knew Him. I wouldn't have known Him if He had come in and sat down in my lap. But I knew that He was someone to be feared and to respect, be respected. Right? I knew that, and I was taught in my catechism. Never read the Bible once as a Catholic. Never read it once. Wasn't allowed to. I don't think. But I, I learned this: that a <clears throat> excuse me, that there's such a thing as sins of commission, things I do, and sins of omission, sin, things. I should have done and I didn't do. That, that was my Catholic training. I don't know if that's true or not. And we focus on the don't do's rather than we need to do's. Because if we don't do the we need to do's, what Myra just read to us tells us it is sin. So Myra, read that verse again, friends. This is the great commission and the great commandment. And if you are not doing this, I believe you are in violation of the law of Almighty God. Read that again, Myra. I will be honored to coach. Matthew 28, 19 to 20. Go ye therefore and teach all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Ghost, teaching them to observe all things whatsoever I have commanded you. And lo, I am with you always, even unto the end of the world. Amen. So it would be good to me, it would seem to me, that rather than following, uh, I'm just I'm just saying, don't get in trouble here. Following all those dietary laws and all those feasts, they go out the window if you don't follow what Myra just read, in my opinion. <laughs> That's my opinion. You can make yourself holy as you want to by following all those dietary laws and all those uh, uh, feast days and you know, all that stuff up one side and down the other. But if you don't go into all the world and teach them to observe all I've commanded you, you ain't, hey, sorry, sorry. We used to believe in evangelism. We used to believe in it. We used to have a nation where the laws of the nation represented the laws of Almighty God. We don't do that anymore. Now it's judgmental. So I got this, I came across this. It blew me away. It blew me away so much, I got to show it to you. Number one there, Jonathan. Tucker Carlson, of all people, an Episcopalian, I believe. Is he a Christian? I, I don't know. But Tucker Carlson was a last night. I don't even know when it was. Tucker Carlson is warning. It started at three, three minutes and 35 seconds, Mark, Jonathan, and played at 1.5 speed. Tucker Carlson's telling us that the war is a war on Christianity. All right. Go ahead. Go ahead. Weekend. If abortions aren't safe, then you aren't either. That's just part of the message outside Wisconsin Family Action here, and it continues inside the building. What you're seeing around me right now, this isn't the answer to anything. Also written in debris and glass in her office, Wisconsin Family Action President Julian Appling says the message is clear. It's precipitated by the leaked Supreme Court opinion, right? I mean, it's obvious. Madison police say it appears someone threw a Molotov cocktail inside the building. You're not safe. Now, the Christian Counseling Center had nothing to do with Samuel Alito's opinion, of course. The Christian Counseling Center only talks to women who are pregnant and aren't sure what to do next. They don't make money doing it. They're not Planned Parenthood. They're not getting rich by giving gender-altering chemicals to your kids or committing abortion. No, they're just talking to girls who are confused and upset. Some of those girls wind up having abortions anyway, but the people at the Christian Counseling Center are trying their best to do their duty. They aren't doing anything aggressive at all. But because their views are repugnant to the left, their building was firebombed. You're not safe, said the firebombers. Apparently they aren't. 
So how did the media cover this? Well, here's Politico, which is not even a news organization anymore. Here's how they describe this firebombing. Quote, a fire broke out Sunday at the office of an anti-abortion group in Madison, Wisconsin. Oh, a fire broke out. Really? The Hill newspaper agreed. Quote, fire breaks out at Wisconsin anti-abortion group office. Oh, just broke out. According to the police chief in Madison, where it happened, quote, the arson is not considered a terrorist incident. So firebombing with Molotov cocktails, for political reasons, threats left on the wall and spray paint, definitely not terrorism. Let's call it activism because, you know, a fire broke out. So, of course, fires will continue to break out, if that's your posture, and they are, and more. Here's surveillance footage that we obtained of an attack on the Christian nonprofit Concerned Women for America that's based in Alexandria, Virginia, right across the river from Washington. You can see a man tearing the intercom from the wall, exposing himself, and a lot more. So this just happened over the weekend in response to Sam Alito's opinion, with which Concerned Women for America had nothing to do. They had no role in it whatsoever, but because they're Christians, they were attacked. The FBI's been notified. Have arrests been made? No, it's not September. It's not January 6th. No one stopped the person who did that. No one's arrested them. And no one has stopped the thugs who terrorized Sunday masses yesterday either, across the country. This was the scene of the Sunday Mass in Los Angeles. So among other things, sincerely, religious people are a reviled minority at this point in the United States, and the Biden administration has made it its job, its self-described job, to protect unpopular minority groups. There's also, by the way, a federal law that makes intimidating churchgoers illegal. It's 18 U.S.C. 247, for the record. But the Biden administration has no interest in, particular, in protecting this particular reviled minority. They're ignoring the whole thing. That means that churches now need armed guards to protect themselves, but those guards are also now being targeted. Watch. Hey, you gotta take care of people! We pay you to take care of people! Demons! Demons! So you'd think that churches in Texas would be safe. After all, it's Texas. But no, St. Bartholomew Catholic Church in Katy, Texas, now reports that the tabernacle was just stolen last night. Again, likely in response to the Alito opinion. And this was a scene outside the Basilica of St. Patrick's Old Cathedral in New York City on Saturday. Watch. Okay, that's enough. Listen, Jonathan, put this in the chat so people can look. This goes on and on and on and on and on. And if you're sitting here right now and you're watching this show, or you're alive and breathing, if you can't understand that they are after Christianity because Christianity is the purveyor of all morality, folks. And they cannot, they cannot advance their kingdom as long as Christ's kingdom stands in the way. I can't. Can't you Amen. see this? Can't, can't you understand? Can't our pastors understand what's going on? That there would be enmity between the seed of the serpent and the seed of the woman, between her seed and his seed, that there would be an eternal struggle. With, oh. And the average church, I go back to where I started, the average church has no idea. They have no idea. And I have any idea. Well, our parents too, coach. You know, I always heard, you know, in my life, can't you mind your own business? Don't worry about what happens to so-and-so. That's right. Just stay in there. Just keep praying. Just pray for him, brother. Just pray for him, right? See, well, you know what my friend John Brockoff would have said, and I do consider John my friend John Brockoff, those people went into that Catholic church and were disrupting that Catholic church. They needed to have a, a couple uh, weightlifters, 275-pound bodybuilders, 
flatten their face. That's what they needed to do. Because that would only have to happen once or twice, and they would stop doing that. See, they come into churches, they come into Christianity, because the theme of Christianity is what? Turn the other cheek. Love them, brother. Take it. Folks, they are are on on an open assault against all things Christian, and the average Christian ain't got any clue. No clue. Roger. I find sometimes is I'll find fellow Christians that share some of the views of the queue and the huddle, but there's no depth like we have here in the morning. Just, you know, they're concerned at the top and all this is, but there's not a depth to the concern or to the knowledge. Amen, Roger. Can I tell you why? Because there's a washing of their hands, just like Pilate. We just wash our hands of the culture. Our responsibility. Hey, Myra. Myra, do me a favor, dear. Pull up that great commandment again. Wait a minute. Hang on. Where is that, Myra? Matthew 28. Isn't it, Myra? Uh, Let me go back to my notes. Uh, Oh, come on. You don't need your notes. You don't need your notes. Matthew 28. Put I think it's Matthew Matthew 28. 28. What what verse is it? Um, Jonathan, you keep that sissy Bible up there. You're not going to get in trouble. Put King James up there. Uh, it's Matthew 28, 19 to 20, and I'm going to read it again if you want me to. Well, I'm going to put it up on the screen. I want everybody to see it, okay. right? Because, folks, this is a this is a command out of the mouth of our Savior. It's a command, just as, remember to keep holy the Sabbath day. It's just as valid a command, right? Go ye, therefore, and teach All nations, people would say ethnicities, doing what? Baptize them in the name of the Father and the Son of the Holy Ghost. Time out. I wonder how many churches, if we were to be, oh, man, this is all over me today. I wonder when the last time was some of these churches had a baptism. (laughs) I wonder how long it's been since they've had a baptism. I agree, Go ye therefore into all nations. Teach all nations. This is the great commission and a commandment. Baptizing in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Ghost. Here's the commandment. Teaching them who? All nations. To observe all things whatsoever I commanded you. You go teach them how to behave. Will ya? Boom. I'm sorry. That carries more weight to me. Oh, be careful. That carries as much weight to me as keeping the Sabbath. Just as much weight as not lying, not stealing, not covenanting. This is an an this is God's plan to in, invade this dark world and expand his kingdom. And not one in a thousand Christians do this on a regular basis. Prove me wrong. Prove me wrong. Come on in, Glenn. Amen, Coach. Cover to cover. No, I'm, I, listen, you can, get, you can get pissed as you want to. I'm telling you the truth. Glenn, did you want to come in? It's okay if you didn't. You don't have to say anything. Reggie. 
I was going to say something else, Coach, but you brought up baptism. Um, I'm not sure how many Christians out there understand that uh, they've been duped into believing they're baptized and they're not because they don't pay attention to words because they're so mesmerized by pastors. They're not paying attention to the words. The formula that God gave us is not being implemented. It's all this Luciferian Christ consciousness. It's words that are not Father, Son, and Holy Ghost or Holy Spirit. So I would, I would highly recommend many parents to go in and rebaptize your children with water in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Ghost. Because I, I ask people all the time, they go, Oh, I don't know what words they used. Yeah, well, you know what I, you know, when I baptize people, I baptize them in the name of the Father and of the Son and the Holy Ghost in Jesus' name. That covers it all for me, right? Yep. But that, yep. I think, I think mm-hmm. Reggie's got, got a great point, folks. I think there's something extremely significant that happens in baptism. And most of you watching me right now have only been sprinkled or baptized when you were six years old or seven years old. I was baptized when I was 36 years old. It meant something to me. Amen. By the way, by the way, there's nothing wrong getting dunked again. If you don't think it took the first time. It's Amen. a public demonstration of you dying to yourself and being resurrected a new man. Coach. And we, and we don't, we, we could, it don't mean anything to us anymore. Yes. I would like to say one more thing. The Roman Catholic Church teaches um, that if you perform another water baptism, you have committed a grievous sin. <laughs> sort of like pedophilia. Would that be a grievous sin too? I think so. Hey, right, hey Coach. I'm sorry, I couldn't get my speaker working here uh, earlier, but, you know, I'm starting to learn more. The the concept of Christianity today has become what what Matt Truella terms as pietism, Mm -hmm. and I didn't understand that, uh, and it's not, it's, it's not being pious. It's, it's a form of Christianity in America where it has become personal instead of public. So we don't practice our our Christianity in the, in the public arena anymore. It's only mm-hmm. it's only about you know a personal relationship. Glenn, so so Glenn, let me ask you: Do you think that uh, teaching them to observe all things whatsoever I've commanded you is just as important as keeping the Sabbath? Uh, I don't mean I I don't mean to put it on Glenn's shoulders. Well, is, 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 I'd say, well, coach, that's not one of the Ten Commandments. Dudes, this is right out of the mouth of our Savior. This is right out of the mouth of the King of the Kings again. And he said, do me a favor. Go teach him all things I've commanded you, will you? Because I want to expand my kingdom. You got to go do that. And do we as Christians take that as seriously as some people take Sabbath worship? No, no evidently not. Awful quiet out there. Go ahead, Silver. Uh, Coach, I was going to say, you know, concerning uh, in, in my life, I mean, I was a Catholic like you, but I had the fortunate uh, ability to read Scripture because my father, maybe, he was, a, <laughs> he was an ex-Methodist who converted uh, to Catholicism based wow. on research that he did. Okay, and the the thing that I have determined over my life you know, I always questioned what was wrong with the Jews other than the fact that they did not accept him as Savior, okay? That was it. The rest of the stuff, 
honor the Sabbath, the Ten Commandments, blah, 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 blah. Okay, it's still in effect, and I should honor that. And that's what I do this day. Okay, especially on mm -hmm. Sabbath, we have our own little thing going on. So mm -hmm. uh, to read the the portion, the Torah portion and things like that. So all of that is, is as important as this. This okay. is just as important as my point, Joe. Absolutely. Absolutely. This is just as important. Jesus is the Lord. You can be the most pious, holy person, follow every day, go on rule and everything. But if you never teach others to observe it, folks, you're dropping the ball, man. Amen. It's like they they called you to be the right guard on the football team and you never get a block. You never get a block. Are you on the team? Yeah, you're on the team, but geez, crummy. Will you hit somebody for me, please? Right? That, that's the Christianity we're being taught, friends. That being saved is you just get to be on the team. Nothing ever required of you. Oh, coach, coach, don't put me in. Those guys are hitting us. They're they're running hard and they're running into us. So what the hell did you sign up for? This is football. So, oh, coach, they're being mean to me. I go out in the street preaching. They, they're mean to me. Well, what do you tell? What do you think? What do you sign up for? You think you were serving ice cream to them? Since you're going to be hated of all men. Oh, I'm on it. I'm on it. I'm on it. Janine. Um, first of all, the... Uh... Teaching all nations, I mean, it's a, it, it, there's a pattern that we have to do. Uh, you go out there and yes, you do teach the nations, but if you have people who are baptizing and they aren't explaining what the heck they're being baptized for or why, and so they do it and they think they're saved. Um, mm -hmm. The pattern is, yes, you go and teach so people will repent. And then what you do is the baptism for remission of sins. And then that allows you to keep those Ten Commandments and to keep the Sabbath. You mm -hmm. can't do it any other way. Of course you can't. Of course you can't. But you get baptized and you keep the Sabbath and you keep all the commandments and you do all that stuff. And you never go share it with anybody else. You never teach them to observe all. What? No, that's your commission to go out and do that's that. That's right. That's right. Is the commission as important as following the rules? They, they go together. So the answer would be yes. Yes. Yes, they go together. You can't have one without the other. But uh, I see so many people baptizing people, and they don't even know what they're being baptized for. Amen. Clay, come on in. Wait a minute. Well, hang, on a hang on. Hang, hang on, Clay. They don't know what they're being baptized into. They're being baptized into a death to themselves. Folks, their parentage, that? yes, their parentage is being um, changed too That's from right. the darkness That's into the light. That's right. Clay, I'm, go ahead, Clay, I'm sorry. No, that's, that's exactly what I was going to say, Coach. Is, uh, I try to tell people that use this as an opportunity when you get baptized to be born again. Christ is allowing you to start over. So it doesn't matter if you're 30 years old. You've learned a lot of things in those 30 years, and a lot of them you learned from sinners or people that were not Christians, and you learned them in the wrong way. Now you get to reset. And the problem in the churches is they advertise baptism pretty much as a finish. It's mm -hmm. the end. It's finished the work. That's right. That's right. Not, Instead no, of boot camp, baptism, baptism's boot camp. Right. They're not saying 
get baptized and now we're going to teach you to go out and preach the gospel and we're going to put you in this class on Wednesday nights and we're going to let you get up in front of everybody and practice preaching. That's not what that's not what's happening. It's just make sure you bring the right casserole on Sunday morning after church. Amen. We're going to eat and that's it. Amen. Craig, come on in. Yes, sir. You're all over it this morning. But I Thanks. remember, you know, I was a little kid, you know, brought up Catholic and, and I went all them years, 30 some, 35 years thinking, oh, I'm baptized. I'm in until I, I got to God's word. And I think you're all over it this morning. And I'll never forget Amen. how I felt when I was baptized. And it's it just like, I can't believe they lied to me so long, you know, when I read mm. it for myself. Amen. God bless you, Coach. Thanks, Thanks, Craig. Hope you're feeling better. Kathy, come on in and Jessica. Hey, Coach. Um, same deal. I was baptized as an infant. Um, they told us uh, in the Catholic Church that you had to baptize the babies real early in case they died so they wouldn't go to purgatory. And <laughs> yep. remember that? And yep. so um, as an adult, when I rejected the Catholic religion and started searching on my own and decided to get rebaptized, I remember them saying that if you ever did another baptize, that was a, a terrible sin and all of that. Well, I'm I'm so glad I did. And also, um, I've never baptized anybody. I, I don't know if that I'm I feel qualified to do it. Um mm. I feel like that's a really heavy burden to baptize someone. So I love doing it. I about I about killed Paul Webb, baptized him over at Buckeye Lake. We slipped on the on the on the concrete, knocked his head about killing. No, I just got through, right, Paul? You remember that? Oh, I love baptizing people. I think it's an unbelievable honor. And if you, hey, folks, if you're a follower and believer in Jesus Christ, you have the authority to do that. It tells you right here. It tells you right here. You go baptize them. You do it. Don't call Reverend Holy Hands and have him do it. You go do it. Jessica. Amen. Exactly, Coach. Um, the first time I got baptized, I was an adult, but I realized many years later that I did not understand what was supposed to take place. And when I went to my pastors, they ba- pretty much told me that I didn't have the same kind of experience as they did because <laughs> I was called to their calling. And I'm thinking, um, <laughs> so I ended up doing it again and, and I fully understood. And I I went through repentance beforehand and Amen. there was an absolute cleansing there. Um, there was an absolute change. It, it made a, it made a huge difference. So um, the other thing, you know, so I, I agree with those who say that we don't, we don't do baptism. We just don't do it right. People don't understand what's supposed to be taking place there. And um, it's just the beginning really. So Amen. the other thing is, is I think we can look to Jesus and, and, Think about what he did on the Sabbath, you know, what did he have against the religious people of the day? Um, you know, it was all about all these rules. Right. And, and Jesus went and healed a man on the Sabbath. Right. Yeah, so he, no. he, he was working. He was doing work on the Sabbath. OK, so, so hang on, Jessica. hang on, because this is one of the links I'm going to get to at some point. I'm just going to throw this out for all of you to think about. If Jesus healed on the Sabbath, did he commit a sin? Absolutely not. No. no. Absolutely not. I mean, we no. know Jesus didn't sin. And so right? I think Jesus is our, is, is our pattern. I think Jesus is our example of how do we look at the Sabbath? Is it a bunch of rules? 
and and we need to do this we need to do that we need to i'm not saying knowing about those things is bad or or even observing them um to a degree but if we just hold ourselves up um every sabbath and and don't do what jesus did then then we're missing it he teaches commandments and doctrines of men you have put heavy burdens on people making them follow rules and regulations that's he's, he's saying that to the religious leaders folks Says you guys and these rules, where'd you guys come up with these rules? Will you stop doing that? Will you stop doing it? He said, and they went and flipped over some tables. Joe Allen, thanks. Uh, Jessica, I like you uh, um, more every time I hear you talk. Go ahead, Joe Allen. If our leaders and our preachers of this country don't wake up, we're about to have a baptism of fear and hunger. Oh, there's one coming, baby. <laughs> and it's it's coming. So the baptism's going to happen to everybody. Uh, yeah. Amen, Joe. Amen. Paul, Dr. Paul and Debbie. Uh, you mentioned that you had the fear of God from the Catholic Church. I developed the f- fear of the Catholic Church from the Catholic Church. Amen. <laughs> Amen. Yeah. Amen. Now, I've got a, a lot of thinking to do since uh, being on this forum and, uh, it's heartbreaking what uh, they've done to my family and some of mm-hmm. them, you know, I have a large family and they're still kind of stuck in it, mm-hmm. but they're, they're still getting the word from the Holy spirit. They're just, they're transitioning. They are. It's slow. Amen. Amen. Um, hey, Paul, that, that's why you got to go into all the world and teach them to observe all the things he's commanded you, right? We got to teach well, others. <laughs> Coach, to be honest with you, I'm, I'm being attacked today. I can't barely move. My back is, I, I don't get sick, Coach, but I got this hearing, and uh, all of a sudden I can't use my leg. I can't hardly move, and I can't even go to my lawyers today, so I'm kind of screwed, but I could use the prayers. Well, Lord, we just ask you to touch Paul right now. Lord, hey, Paul, listen. The power of life and death is in the tongue. You are healed, brother. Lord, we ask you right now that whatever that is, that you would touch it, touch it in our brother. For his faith, raise him up. Let him see a miracle. In Jesus' name. Amen. 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 Well, you know, you're never too old to be baptized. My my father was baptized the first time immersion baptized at 80. And (laughs) it it was on Christmas Eve. And, you know, so, and I was talking to a pastor friend of mine one time about baptism. And he said, you know, we, we talk about it and everything. He said, but let's just get it down to the basics. He said, when you're a baptized, you let Satan know whose team you're on. Mm-hmm. Amen. Hey, by, by the way, Jesus was baptized. Must be pretty important. Brett. Morning, Coach. Morning, team. Morning. Uh, yeah, Coach, I just can't believe. I, I dare you that you're baptizing people. You know darn well John. <laughs> And Jesus and all the disciples went to cemetery school and were That's certified right. by the state before they did that stuff. Yeah. Except, hey, listen, <laughs> Jesus didn't go to cemetery school, though, did he? <laughs> he went to the school of the wilderness. I, that's the school I've been to. I've been to the school. Of, I have a master's degree from the school of the wilderness. Anybody Amen. else? have? I feel qualified. Amen. I qualify. uh, yeah. Dunkin' Donuts. That's it. Dunkin' Dob. That's what they can call me. I believe in it. Randy. Yeah, Coach, biblically, there's seven baptisms. Paul talks about in Hebrews 6, there's the doctrine of baptisms, S. And, and all of them, Coach, I won't go into it, but all of them are an act of faith. Mm. 
Well, Randy, oh, I'm going to do, do some research on that. You do it right, you, it's an act of faith. If not, it's just a ritual. Amen. So, Amen. Big difference. Big difference. Joe, then Jed. Hi, hi Coach. Um, I was first baptized in Copenhagen at 33. Good view. Wrinkled. And then at 51, uh, at a deliverance ministry for a week, uh, we, my wife and I were dunked there because I wanted a, an immersion baptism. But I think I want to do it again and really go through all the things one should personally go through. I mean, there were each statements in each of these events were important in my life. The sprinkling was a public statement. I want to finally, you know, I didn't look at the doctrine of the church or anything because I kept not agreeing with what, if I asked them any questions, I wouldn't agree with them and I wouldn't join. So I liked the people. They believed in the Lord. And so I got baptized. I needed to get baptized someplace. And then I said, well, I need a, an immersion baptism. So finally, I, 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 we did that later. And, and I think that as you grow, it's okay to rededicate to that level that you're at, that growth where you are with, with the Lord. You can rededicate yeah. yourself. Yes, I think you can get baptized more than once. Sorry, I thought I think you can. Uh, if you, you feel you like you're in big trouble, okay? <laughs> you can't have a big trouble. Amen. Bless you, Jed. Come on in. Got to unmute yourself, Jed. Go ahead, Gene. While we're waiting on Jed. Okay, I've been mooling what you all been saying. When are you saved, then? I was young, and I knew what I was doing at that time. But then I realized as I grew, I needed to get closer to the Lord. Mm -hmm. But it says somewhere in the Bible, if you keep asking Christ to save you and don't believe that you were saved the first time, you're making Christ a liar. Mm -hmm. You've got to learn to know, when are you saved? Is baptism going to save you? You're doing it because an act. That That's you right. are going to follow Jesus Christ. Everybody Bap- has a different way of, of life. We're not baptism. all going to be the same. Folks, so, you're, not, you're not saved through baptism. You're sealed through baptism. Amen. Did you hear that? I'll say that again. You're not saved through baptism. You're sealed through baptism. You've passed through the water of life, and you've merged. The blood of Christ covers you. It's it's an outward expression of what's happened inwardly. Jed, you still want to try to get in? Craig. Well, I think it's so important, Coach, correct me if I'm wrong, but isn't it called like the first work? And that's the Holy Ghost leading you to that? Uh say that again, the first part, Craig. It's it's what? The, is it some that's referred to as the first work too, being baptized? First work, right? Right, yeah. Yeah, well, Jesus said we had to be baptized, right? He said it. Be baptized for the remission of sin. We don't have a holy respect for it, I don't think. Rich Wallace, come on in, Rich. Yeah, we just, just keep it in perspective. I mean, I, I believe in holy in the, in the baptism. Uh, the water baptism is what we're talking about. But just remember, the thief on the cross is in heaven today. Amen. Amen. Oh, yeah. Yep, yep, yep. Oh, good. Yeah, it's not. A, uh, well, you mentioned the word sealed just a second ago. That's, Dave. Right. that's what yeah. kind of concerned me about that. And so I thought I better bring up the, the theme. Well, but he, 
he received Christ and then died. <laughs> he didn't need yeah. much sealing, right? He would He didn't go out into the world anymore, right? Uh, I, 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 good. That's a good catch, though. Good catch, Myra. Can't hear you, Myra. Myra. Okay. <laughs> in regard to say, but your seal into baptism, I say one Peter two nine. But you are a chosen generation, a royal priesthood, a holy nation, his own special people, that you may proclaim the praises of him who called you out of darkness into his marvelous light. Hallelujah. Amen. So, folks, let me, let me, I got uh, eight minutes left here. Clay, I'll catch you here in a second. Okay, hang on. I, I, uh, uh, Jonathan, uh, it is Jonathan, pull up, uh, what number is it? I want people to see this. I was just going to. Oh, uh, there it is. There it is. No, there it is. Uh, number five, Jonathan. Pull up number five. And I want you to scroll down. This is a very, very good article. I don't have, I'm not going to have time to read it all to you. So you guys can do it. Uh, no, no, number five. Uh, uh, the links I sent to John. Number five. Yeah, there we go. Uh, the left. Hopes to destroy Christianity, but changing it. This is from 2019. From 2019. All right. Now the whole thing is, thing is worth reading, but scroll down a little bit more. I'll tell you when, because this is all good. This stuff I'm reading is all good. Now stop right there. Whoops, up a little bit more. I'm sorry. Looking for the word. Paragraph begins now. Next one. Next one. Wow, how do we get clear down there? Okay, now scroll down. Now, through a simple search of the phrase, Judeo-Christian will elicit multiple articles declaring that the phrase is meaningless and outdated. Come on down here at the bottom. There you go. There you go. As frustrating as that is, what's more appalling is the left's desire to erode our country's Judeo-Christian Foundation, to minimize the influence of the Christian faith. The left's assault on the Christian faith is three-pronged. Here's where I wanted to get. The whole article's worth reading. Number one, leftists seek to redefine what it means to be a Christian. You can go there, can't you, folks? Christians don't judge. Christians don't speak out. Christians are full of love. But, but the left redefines for us what Christianity is. And can I tell you this? The church embraces what the left is teaching. Number two, they seek to silence Christian voices in the arena of public discussion. You're, oh, you're a Christian? Oh, you want to bring in biblical principles? Well, don't bring religion in here. Now, don't, don't bring religion in here. And so we have atheistic government, atheistic doctors, atheistic education, atheistic Everything's atheistic. And third, they want to elevate the idea of non-Christians to change traditional thinking. What? Yeah, they want to elevate the ideas of non-Christians. They elevate them. They give them platforms. They give them TV programs to program the rest of us on what Christianity really is. The left wants to change the way we, the culture sees Christianity. 
We see it on several fronts. The left wants to divide the church about what is right and wrong. That's why, folks, they went after gay marriage. They divided the churches. That's why they went after homosexuality. They divided the churches. The United Methodists are ready to split on the issue of same-sex marriage. There's a push among small but loud factions of liberal voices that declare themselves evangelicals who resist the church's stance on gay issues. Abortion. Look at abortion. They're doing everything they can to strip the church of any influence in the culture. In fact, they come into the church and try to make the church pro-choice under the banner of Christianity. Right? Jesus, don't be judgmental. Jesus wouldn't be judgmental. Yada, 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 yada. So if we're not aware and understand and see, can I tell you the truth? The more Christians can quote Rush Limbaugh than their Bible. I'm going to say, I'm going to stop. I'm going to let Paul's a second. Amen. Most of you care more about Rush Limbaugh said. He's not around anymore, of course. And what the Bible teaches. And it's because we've been influenced by the culture. The culture has become the salt of the church. The world is salting the church. And the church has become so worldly that you can't even, you can't even tell the difference anymore. The church blends in. That's why we still have abortion, teaching homosexuals to our children, trannies. It's unbelievable, isn't it? It's absolutely unbelievable. Rochelle and Jeff. Jeff. Morning, to you. Um, okay, there you go. Oh, go ahead. Um, so, yeah, uh, what you're talking about, baptized, that's definitely a way to witness to people. But I wanted to, um, I wanted to bring you the dying words of Thomas Paine. They used to write down your dying words. And... Um, Thomas Paine was the, the man who wrote um, that the Age of Reason, which was basically kind of a, an attack on Christianity. So he went around, you know, proclaiming the opposite. He was a deist, basically, and, and made. And he said the Bible was not divinely inspired and it was mythology. Yeah, like but, most, um, Christians. most Christians are deists. Go ahead. Okay, well, this, I would give worlds if I had them, that the Age of Reason had never been published. Oh, Lord, help me. Christ, help me. No, don't leave me. Stay with me. Send even a small child to stay with me, for I am on the edge of hell here alone. If ever the devil had an agent, I have been that one. Mm. And this was witness. There was more than 20 witnesses there. Um, But Mm. it's very important what we go around proclaiming. Amen. Amen. (laughs) No, you mean protesting, right? Jeff, come on in. Coach, I've been thinking about this through this show. How many years, over all the years of coaching, for the most part, most kids want to get off the bench. You got some that are happy to hang there. And then when you get older, you get in that pew, and that becomes your bench that you're scared to death. That every cloth on it, they just park it on the bench and shut their mouth. Yeah, they don't even, they don't even know there's a game going on. <laughs> they, 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 don't even, they, have no, they don't have an understanding. So the left uh, wants to change the way the culture sees Christianity. We see it on several fronts. The left wants to divide the church with its rights and wrongs. Scroll down a little bit, Jonathan, again, real quick. In redefining Christianity, they want to shift the emphasis from a changed life to doing what they define as societal good. Presidential candidate Pete Buttigieg is attempting to put a new spin on the old-time religion. He's calling, Buttigieg was calling himself a Christian, right? Does the country need an awakening of the Christian left? Presidential hopeful Pete Buttigieg 
think so. And Buttigieg's understanding of the Christian faith, since Jesus never specifically mentioned abortion, we shouldn't spend so much time on it. In his view, most of scripture points to defending the poor and the immigrant and the stranger and social gospel. See, Buttigieg is a gay man and has butt sex. And he's a staunch supporter of LGBT rights and thinks the church's view on them should change. Mayor Pete and those who think he does, Christianity is not about transformed lives, but rather a social gospel and agenda. Trent, come on in. Yeah, Coach. Uh, I guess Christianity, Christianity just isn't taught in a severe manner anymore. You know what I mean? No, no it's not. Because no. Like, I know plenty of people that get baptized. Nothing changes. Like, yeah, they're happy a little bit. You know, I I see so much of this. My life, like, I'm not perfect by any means. I shoot, I backslide, but it's like that's what I, my mindset is on Christ. You know what I mean? So, that's so true. I I just don't see that in with Christians. So I'm gonna listen. I'm just as worried about the eleventh commandment as I am the tenth. And what's the 11th commandment? Go and teach. Go and teach them to observe everything I've told. That's the 11th commandment. I'm worried about that one. God bless you. See you tomorrow.